Hello and welcome to the Apple Guide Talks podcast. I'm your host, Ralph Shepard, with my co-host, Eli Piper. What's up? Joining us today as we discuss if Apple should re-enter the advertising market. And I got an iPhone 12 and Eli has some questions for me. I hope you remember I have a lot of questions. All right, so to hop into our first story of if Apple should get back into advertising. Eli, how much do you know about this? Because I've done a lot of research. Not too much. What do you mean by advertising? What has Apple done in the past? So back when the App Store originally launched, there were a lot of developers who were just getting started, a lot of smaller developers, because, you know, this idea of selling mobile applications is new. And the whole idea Mm -hmm. of how do you make money off of them while at the same time still offering them for free? One way is advertisements. So Apple uh, wanted to get into the competitive advertising market. And really, from what I found today through my research, before Apple got into their advertising, everybody was using Flash. And which, Mm -hmm. of course, I think everybody who used an Apple product in 2006 through 2010 know uh, Steve Jobs' thoughts on Flash and how much he hated it and thought it was one of the worst technological advances ever. So everybody else was using Flash for ads. You know, websites used Flash. And even Android phones at the time used Flash for ads. So Apple came around and launched iAd, their own advertisement service to rival Google's AdMob. I remember these ads because they used to have, you know how like in the corner of Google AdSense ads, they have like the little AdSense banner? iAd basically had the same thing, but their target was iPhone applications. I remember those, I think it was on my iPod Touch, because that was the last device that I really played a lot of games on, because my phones, I don't play too many games on my phones. But yeah, I remember those. Wow, Mm -hmm. that's a throwback. (laughs) And it was a way for Apple to introduce advertisements to iPhone and iPod Touch apps at the time, because there wasn't a... Flash didn't work on iPhones and iPod Touches, and it never worked on iPhones and iPod Touches. So, so it's a custom framework then. Yeah, so Apple developed this their whole own advertisement system to standardize ads on the iPhone and the iPod Touch. And you know, of course, being Apple, they had their big focus on privacy and you know it um you have Google on one hand who creates a profile of every user in existence that's ever touched a Google product. I mean, everybody in this world probably has a file sitting in Google's filing cabinets detailing everything they've ever looked at on the internet. Oh, it's insane. Tracks whatever website you're on and gives you ads accordingly. Google knows more about you than you know about yourself, probably. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. So Apple's second goal with this was privacy. Being able, and of course, advertisers don't like this because they want to know all the information about the people they're advertising to, which I understand. Can we point out for a second that Mm -hmm. 
a trillion dollar company like Apple being all about privacy and not collecting users data is very contradictory to what other companies such as Google and Facebook are doing mm -hmm. out there. So I think that's that's a big thing for Apple. Props to Apple because they manufacturing phones could get so much data on anyone. I mean, they could listen to phone calls if they wanted to. I don't know if that's legal, but they could at least get data about, you know, what you do when and where you call people and stuff, but they don't. They could get so much data on you, but they don't. And they're all about privacy mm -hmm. and stopping people from getting data on you. So it's kind of interesting and you almost kind of wonder if there's an ulterior motive there, but props to Apple for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so that, that's, I mean, it would, so that, that was a whole, another whole idea behind this, uh, behind iAds, but throughout 2016, Apple slowly brought the service to a close, but iAd still runs in the background of Apple News and the App Store search result ads. So it's still kind of running in the background, but it's not as big as it was once advertised to be. Now, I actually went by and rewatched the Apple keynote where Steve Jobs introduced iAd back with uh, iPhone OS when iOS was called iPhone OS uh, version 4 back in uh, 2010, I believe it was. And the whole idea was being able to click on a banner at the bottom of an app, and without leaving the app, you basically get the advertisement itself is its own interactive app. He gave an example of a Toy Story ad that they had created, Yeah. where you can, it pops up like a main menu, and from the main menu of the ad, you can choose to watch the trailer. There was a game added in it. There was wallpapers. There was a button you can click where you can see where all the movie theaters that Toy Story 3 was airing. It was like an interactive application within an ad, all without leaving the original app that you were in. And now, I don't think that that idea would be as successful today as it was then. I mean, I think the I don't movie think theater, so at all. Yeah, I think the movie theater was a good idea, being able to click on an ad and it pops up some buttons. Hey, click here to watch the trailer and click yeah. here to find now, a place to watch the movie. That makes sense. But yeah. for other products, maybe not quite to that full ad within an app extent. They have interactive ads for other products. And I don't know about you, and I think for the most part, most of us just click off of it as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Everyone's waiting for the little counter in the top right corner or the top left or wherever they decide to hide it so that you can X out of the app. The ad, yeah. I mean. Yeah. So that was iAd. It was most likely the perfect solution for most developers. But then you ran into the problem of advertisers felt that they were not getting the information about the users like they wanted. Like you yep. can get out of other platforms like Google AdSense, where advertisers through Google AdSense can see every individual um, demographic and coordinate how those ads are promoted towards those different demographics and who they think will click on it more. And to figure out who's going to click on it more, 
you have to figure out what that person's interests are. To figure out what those person's interests are, you have to follow them across the web. Apple's advertisement yeah. idea was a little different. Show you ads based on what you're looking at now. So, so I've actually just switched to using DuckDuckGo as my search engine. And unlike Google, where as soon as you search something, that query that you typed into the box, it's automatically added to your pri profile in Google HQ and they probably will never forget about it. DuckDuckGo, on the other hand, the way they advertise is they show you ads in your search results based on what you search for. Hmm. And then when you leave and you go search for something else, you get ads for that new search result. Yeah. In that none of the information or nothing that you searched previously affects what ads you'll see in the future. Make sense? Yeah. Those are still targeted ads. Those are targeted towards people who are looking up something along the same lines as the advertisement. They hmm. may be interested in that product. On the other hand, people still prefer Google AdSense because they get all of that information that Google tries to, or that Apple tries to hide. For me, if I'm looking at an ad, right, if I'm being forced to look at an ad, wouldn't you rather it be for something that you're going to buy, mm -hmm. right? I'd rather get an ad for guitars than an ad for skateboards. At least guitars, I'm going to be like, oh, wow, that's cool, you know? The skateboard, I'm going to be like, why are they showing me skateboards? Mm -hmm. I don't skate. So... In my mind, I can see where the targeted ads appeal to people because they're like, all right, if I have to view ads, I want it to be something I'm going to like. But I think there is a line that you cross where the ads are too targeted and, mm -hmm. you know, it almost seems like, you know, you're talking about something and then you open up Facebook and it's there and it's kind of like, okay, that's really creepy. How did that happen? That crosses um, the line. I I think that crosses a line, you know, I think mm -hmm. based on your search results and stuff is cool. If you're looking to buy a Mac and Apple starts you start seeing Mac ads, that's cool. Cases for Macs, that's cool. You know, that's what you're looking mm -hmm. for. You might even click on it and I've had ads sometimes show me things that I wouldn't have been aware of unless that ad came up. But, you know, it's, it crosses the line when they start really reading into your patterns and stuff. And mm -hmm. I think that's where Apple has it down, where they're kind of trying to limit that, limit how much tracking is done. So now we are back in 2020. IAD yes. has been dissolved, um, while at the same time integrated into Apple News and um, the search results in the App Store. But is there a possibility for Apple to re-enter the advertisement market? Not in an iAd replica, but in a more modern solution for the digital age that we're in today? I don't know. I feel like there is a way for them to enter. But they're going to have a really hard time going up against Google and Facebook. 
here's another thing though. They own a Walden Garden. They can say, hey, if you use our advertisement service, we'll cut you a break. They've shown recently that they're willing to make adjustments to their app store fees towards developers. Yeah. You have in 2021, they're launching the um, small business something or other where they're giving discounts, app store discounts to developers who are making less than a million dollars a year. Mm -hmm. So they're obviously willing to make exceptions for small groups of people. If you're a developer who's making less than a million dollars a year off of your um, apps and say you implement Apple's advertising solution and they drop another 5%. Mm -hmm. So you only have to give Apple 10% off of what you make in that app because you implemented Apple's advertisement service. Yeah. I think it's a pretty good deal for advertisers. And if I were advertisers, I would take that deal. You know, I mean, we all know these companies care mainly about money. So I think that would be a good way for them to get into it if they really wanted to. I don't know. That's a tough thing, though. So, because here's another thing, too. Back in 2016... Apple didn't have all of the services it has today. So yeah. if Apple went back into the advertisement business, would we maybe see a free version of Apple Music or Apple TV Plus well, or Apple Arcade and say, if you subscribe, you can download any of these apps for free with ads. But if you get Apple Arcade, those ads are removed from all those apps instead of having to pay yeah. to get ads removed from one by one. Allow developers who use Apple's advertisement program to opt into Apple Arcade mm -hmm. and be able to have tell users one subscription. You can remove ads from all apps that use Apple's advertisement service. But then figure if they're starting to do advertising I wonder if they would still make as much money if they uh, offered ad riddled versions of their apps and services such as Apple Music versus if they didn't and they just offered subscriptions and forced people to subscribe you know? well but but this free tier has worked for other people like Spotify. Yes, look I was, at how many, yeah, I was just going to bring up Spotify. Spotify got hooked on their services, and people are like, you know what? I'm tired of hearing ads. I hear a hundred ads a day. I obviously use the service enough to invest a little bit in. Yeah, it. you get hooked. You get your playlists on there, and then it's like pretty soon, you're like, well, I might mm -hmm. as well, you know. You like it. You say, I might as well pay for it. Now I can skip around my playlist. I can. Mm -hmm. Don't have to listen to ads. I can listen to whatever I want. So yeah. my kids, my kids play these five, ten apps. Yeah, you know, what is it worth paying two dollars per app to remove ads, or would you pay the Apple Arcade five dollars a month fee? But I think the developers aren't going to make that much, as much by doing that because now you're removing 
their source of income, which is those in-app purchases, because that's mainly where those games make their money they, is by people saying, remove, oh, it's just 99 cents to remove ads, or oh, it's just $1.99. Yes, they, they may not get the direct revenue, but on the other hand, they will get monthly income instead of a one-time charge. Oh, yeah, because they get a split get a of whatever the uh, subscription is. Exactly. I don't know if they would make exactly. as much though. I'd be interested to see how many people would actually take that. And I think you'd another... also have to give the option of in-app removal too. Just because some people only play one game, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that would that will definitely be the case. Even if you play ten games at two ninety nine each, remove ads will round it up to three dollars. For thirty bucks to remove ads from ten games versus paying five dollars a month you're already saving money by just paying the thirty dollars once paying 3.99 for each app or 2.99 for each app maybe maybe but you know what you could also be saving money just by buying the couple of songs you actually listen to instead of paying fifteen dollars a month for a monthly music subscription. People are obviously willing to pay subscriptions. That's true. Do you remember before subscriptions, music subscriptions like Spotify and Apple Music were a thing, and you had to go on iTunes and buy an album for mm-hmm. five dollars? You know, and uh, those were the only songs you could. It was more of that. It was like sixteen dollars or something. Yeah, those were the only app songs that you could listen to. If you decided, hey, I'm feeling this type of music today, you didn't have that in your playlist, you were pirating it, mm-hmm. or you were just out of luck, unless you wanted to fork over some money for it. And now we pay X amount of dollars per month, and I have an entire music library. Like, I have any single music that I could mm-hmm. ever imagine at my fingertips. I mean, it's just insane how streaming services have changed the game, but that's kind of a side tangent. And people are obviously willing to pay for it. So all, oh, yeah. all these... And subscriptions and are the this, easiest ways to make money because mm-hmm. people just forget that they're there. And, and I said this in my original uh, rundown of Apple One, Apple's bundled subscriptions, where I stated uh, Apple Arcade is a bundle of apps that you would typically expect to be free. Ads supported somehow and maybe pay a dollar or two to get those ads removed. So what if you add ads to those apps, make them free, but say, hey, if you want to remove ads from these apps, you can subscribe to the Apple Arcade subscription service. $5 yeah. a month, download any, any of these apps you want and no ads. That way it gets a, because right now, Sure, you can watch the video ad of an app in the App Store. Yeah. But what will really get the user hooked is if you let that user in to play a couple levels. Yeah. Or that's true. Um, having ads everywhere in the app where they feel, I really like this game. I want mm-hmm. to invest more into it. And you know what? I like this game too. I want yeah. to invest more into it. Or I have kids. I don't want my kids to deal with a bunch of ads yeah especially you might not want them to see certain ads well knowing apple they would definitely be knowing apple it would all be you know kid ads which is but you might not but you might not want them seeing ads in general just because Mm -hmm. you know 
you want to limit how much exposure to media they have. You or in general, you just don't want them clicking off to other places. Yeah, that's true. You could easily go down a rabbit hole and end up mm-hmm. at the wrong place. Mm-hmm. So, and and talking about the explicit ads and content, advertisers who advertisers who want to advertise through Apple service will know that their ads are going next to appropriate advertiser-friendly content. Yeah, know that. That's true. Because of the App Store's wall garden and because of the restrictiveness of the Apple News and all their other services, you know advertisers would know that their ads are going next to appropriate content. Where Google AdSense, Mm -hmm. they advertise to such a wide base that I would imagine that it's harder for them to control where ads show up. And this has been visibly has been an issue, especially when you look at YouTube. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many times have there been a big pull from advertisers to pull their ads off of YouTube because of a video that went viral that shouldn't have been on YouTube to begin with because yeah, it doesn't exactly. follow advertisers. There was, oh, what was the most recent? Logan Paul had a video or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of videos out there that uh, they've made the news because, you know, they're videos about bad things. And mm-hmm. these advertisers are like, we don't want our ads on these videos. But So Apple would make sure that it only plays on things that are that are good. So I can see a lot of cases for it. I just feel like Apple doesn't feel it's worth their time right now. Well, okay, so here's another place too. So I cited all of Apple services that they have now, yeah. but what about the possible future search engine? We see how this rumored search engine has been implemented into Spotlight Search on mm-hmm. iOS and macOS. But mm-hmm. if this fully-fledged service comes out, it needs to be funded most likely ideally through advertisements and if you have an ad network set up for so many services already why not open it up Mm -hmm. to more developers to implement that into their apps because the more eyes who see the service the more advertisers would hopefully jump on board yeah no that's true and and apple has a power to make a clean and efficient um layout for these ads i mean i would imagine you being able to toggle a button in your app or in while you're coding and it automatically pulls the featured video from your app store listing and that's what the user sees play as this ad for instance you know you can toggle a button in your app store listing have your 30 second preview of your app be run in front of an Apple TV plus show that someone's watching or at the beginning of someone's workout with fitness plus, or I don't know, one of those click this video to earn 20 points in a game. And it plays that ad from the developer's app store listing and being able to have one seamless UI or user interface for every ad that pops up on your screen. None of this, there's an 
X in the top corner, but when you click on it, it actually pulls up the ad. Mm -hmm. Or you have to play the game for five seconds or tap on the screen, and then a timer starts up. You have 30 seconds now that you've tapped the screen for the ad to finish, and then you could go back to doing whatever you were doing. Yeah. Apple has the power to get rid of all those intrusive advertisements in favor of a seamless, cohesive system across all their app stores and a little bit of money back in their pocket. That's true. Um, it'll be super easy for developers to add it in. It'll be super secure for users. Because the framework would be right there. Mm-hmm. And advertisers would just have to deal with it. I think it's an interesting concept. I think, uh, I think though, for now, only time will tell whether Apple mm-hmm. gets into it, whether they feel uh, it's worth it, and whether they feel it's uh, a good venture to get into. Because there's another possibility that they just keep all this stuff in-house. Yeah. You know, whatever advertisement system they develop, where they have developed in the background, they're just going to roll it out for their internal stuff. Their yeah. rumored search engine or the I feel app like Apple's search trying to move as Apple many news. things internally as possible. They yeah. they like keeping everything in house because they want to keep their walled off ecosystem. Mm-hmm. But the question is, will they bring the walled off ecosystem of advertising back to the developer in a way that they did back with iAd? Um, Only time will tell. But yeah, it's super fascinating. Um, if you want to see more about how IAD got its start, um, I have two videos from the original uh, Apple event when Steve Jobs unveiled IAD in the post for this podcast on our website, appleguideweb.com. So be sure to check those out if you want to kind of know how IAD and advertisements on iOS first got started. It's pretty interesting, and I think it kind of brings to light a lot of the tactics that Apple needs to reinvent and bring back into the spotlight, like they did sure. all those years ago. For sure. Anyways, now time for an iPhone 12 Q&A. What yes. questions do you have for you me? Got, you got an iPhone 12. I did. And um, before we get started with this, though, I would yes. like to say, by the time of this podcast posting... Last Friday, I posted my unboxing of my iPhone 12, the accessories, um, the setup process, and my first impressions of the iPhone 12. Let's go Um, watch those. It's a big one, so definitely go watch that after this. Go check that out for sure. Um, But anyways, yes, so let's get into some Q&A. How how long have you had it for so far? About a week. A week? About a week. It's not bad. What color did you get? You got blue, right? I got blue, yes. So th- what do you I think of this... the blue? Did the blue live up to the images? Because um, everyone was super so. excited about the blue. That was the hype color this year, just like green was last year. Yeah, and then that green turned out to be not so good, I heard. Oh, I That's love just... the green. I have a I green. I thought the green was just... Do you really? I thought it was just kind of one of those off colors. Yeah, I have a green 11 Pro. I like it. It's like an army green. Exactly, exactly. I'm not sure if I could get into that. I love it. I like it because at some lights, it almost looks black, depending on the lighting. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's it's like an army green. I have a clean, a clear case on it. I think it looks good. I've had black phones my entire 
time having iPhones. So I said, I said it's time to change it up. Let's go green because it's it's understated enough. And had I gotten a 12 Pro, I would have gone with blue in a heartbeat because that's one of my favorite colors. So, well, you know, I originally got a white iPhone 7. Really? Yeah, I didn't. Interesting. But the the issue back then, the color yeah. of the back of the phone kind of curved around to the front of the phone. Mm, and yeah, I wasn't yeah. a big fan of that. And that was also back in the day whenever you were first turning on your phone, um, the you know the screen where you're booting up your phone and you have the Apple yeah. logo where your phone's mm -hmm. booting up? That was back in the day when that black background that you see today matched the color of your phone. Yeah, so with so a white, white iPhone, you would have a white background with a black Apple logo. Yeah, it matched and the, the colors bezel. would be flipped if you had a black yeah. iPhone. And I um, didn't like the. Uh, I never got any other different color than black because I didn't like the white bezels. I liked that, having black that was bezels my, that just was one because of my problems. it's so much better for viewing media on. But anyways, um, I also wanted the better camera. That's another reason I upgraded to the. Um, yeah. So why did you get? So 7. you had a seven plus. Mm-hmm. Why'd you get the 12? What was your thought process to kind of determine to buy that one and instead of the 12 Pro? Okay, so I said this in my video and I will say it a hundred times more. iOS is iOS. Whether you're on an iPhone 7 or any of the four brand spanking new iPhone 12s, iOS is iOS. You have the same experience across all the devices. Sure, cameras may be a little better. Screen may be a little better. Microphone may be a little better. But for most people, you won't really notice those differences. Most people are walking around right now with the standard definition. So that would be below 1080p HD iPhone 10R, And don't notice the difference. Which solidifies the statement, iOS is iOS. So what brought me to choose the 12 in particular, keeping that in mind, the mini was too small. And the Pro and the 12 Pro Max, I felt that those features, the telephoto lens and the 12 Pro and the 12 Pro Max, I never mm. really used it. The sensor was always too small. Photos are always fuzzy. You know, I just skipped mm -hmm. it. LiDAR yeah. scanner would be cool, but once again, is it worth the $128 to upgrade no. to the standard 12? No. And other than that, everything else is the same between the 12 and the 12 Pros. Same display. And you know what? In fact, the 12 and the 12 Pro have the exact same body. Mm -hmm. A case you get for the iPhone 12 will work on the iPhone 12 Pro. Yeah. You know, everything's the same. And, and I think the 12 Pro screen gets a little brighter. But once again, it's so small that you will never notice. No one's um, really going to notice except for like power no. users. Even probably not them. But yeah, that, that was my reasoning. It's like iOS. Between iOS being iOS and the telephoto lens and the LiDAR not being enough for me to upgrade and spend 128 more for it. So when buying this iPhone, it ultimately came down to price. 
you know, how much am I willing to put into this? And the answer was the 12 will do the job just fine. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That's the complete opposite of me who always wants the shiniest one. Because I love the shiny edge, but you're putting it in a case anyway, mm-hmm. so who's going to know? And the shiny edges of the stainless steel bezels of the iPhone 12 Pros are also very okay. fingerprinty compared to the aluminum of the iPhone 12 and 12 mini. Yeah, they're fingerprint magnets. Um, but yeah, that's why I went with the iPhone 12. So now I think the question that is most pressing magsafe i have no comment experienced it i have no comment i haven't experienced it you haven't experienced magsafe Mm -mm. i thought you got a whole bunch of accessories no my magsafe so the only magsafe uh accessory that i've purchased so far is magsafe puck Mm -hmm. which hasn't arrived yet classic apple fashion no i haven't experienced magsafe yet and i'm really excited to in Early next year, hopefully, we'll see more MagSafe accessories from third parties. That's um, what I'm hoping. And and I have this really basic Best Buy case right now, and I'm mm-hmm. actually debating on whether I even need to or want to upgrade to a uh, OtterBox with MagSafe built in. I'd be curious to see how well MagSafe works through that case you have on mm-hmm. now, because they say you should have a MagSafe case. But I'm mm-hmm. wondering if the case is thin enough, if it'll work through it. Like wireless charging works through cases. You know, wireless charging works through the case on my 11 Pro. Oh, yeah. Wireless so. charging hasn't been an issue for me either. Yeah. So have you used wireless charging? I do. I also have a Best Buy wireless charging stand. Because that's uh, new for you. So you, mm-hmm. how do you feel about the wireless charging? So in my, if you watch my iPhone 12 video, you'll learn that one of my objectives with this iPhone 12 is to fulfill Apple's future of a portless iPhone. So my goal is to never use a lightning port. One weekend, it's been successful. My battery life on my iPhone has not dropped below, I don't know, 50%. You know, in the olden days, back when cavemen were still drawing in caves, you would set your phone down on your desk because you know the charger's by your bed or it's over there by the couch or something or you know it's tied up somewhere. But now with MagSafe, it's like, okay, I'm going to have my charger, uh, my charging stand on my desk. Every time I sit at my desk, I put on the charger. So while I'm clicking away on my computer, it's charging and then when it's time to get up, I just pick it up off the charger and walk away. I need to yeah. deal with cables and cable management and stuff like that. Yeah, um, it's true. And for me, I don't put my phone by my bed. So that way I'm less tempted to wake up in the morning and roll over and pick up my phone. So what do I do? I just have my one wireless charger sitting on my desk. And I wake up in the morning, it's 100%. I'm sitting at my desk, it's charging. And, you know... Wireless charging is incredible. I can definitely see how Apple can make a portless iPhone. I think it's definitely within their grasp. But anyways, yeah, that's my first impressions of wireless charging. It's incredible. I love it. No, wireless charging is great. I love it. MagSafe is only going to make it easier. Oh, yeah, for sure. So does MagSafe work even like a little bit with wireless chargers that you have now? Do you notice it's snapping a little bit into place or no? No, no. Because MagSafe is the first wireless charging accessory that I'm aware of 
that has uh, I thought all wireless chargers had little tiny magnets in them to begin with. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Wrong with it's, that. it's just there's a coil in the wireless charger and there's a coil in the rear of your iPhone. And you yeah, have to those line, line up perfectly then, yeah. to create the magnetic field to transfer the energy. And if mm-hmm. it's not perfect, if it's off by a little bit, it's going to affect how fast it charges your phone if yep. it's even in range to charge it at all. So MagSafe will solve that issue. Yeah, sometimes you get a... I mean, I kind of... I've learned, so I'm knock on wood pretty good at placing my phone on its charger. Mm-hmm. I do sometimes have to, you know, because it's right next to my bed, I do sometimes have to roll over and look at the charger when I'm placing the phone down versus just being able to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, plop it down while I'm half asleep well, still. What what styled wireless charger do you have? I have a pad. Just a little wireless charging pad. Round? It's a little circle. Yeah, yeah. it's a little circle. I an don't one. know why... I do not know why a circled wireless charger exists. No, it, it should be the exact shape of the phone. Exactly. Exactly. If it was the shape of the phone, you'd get it right every single time because you just line up the phone. And that's exactly what I have. And that's exactly what I bought for my mom and my dad. I think the round wireless charger exists because they want to emphasize the fact that no matter which orientation your phone is on that charger, it will charge. I think that's why it exists. What good is that if you have to spend a minute just trying to align it perfectly? Where if you have just a stand... Well, so it's you not that bad. It's stand. kind of... So the Apple logo is in the center of the phone. Mm-hmm. You place the Apple logo in the center of the wireless charger. You hit it every time. I know, but if if you're like... I don't know. I I feel like that style is more complicated and is not as intuitive as it is to say, you have one rectangle, you need to set another rectangle on top of it in the same orientation, and it's aligned. Well, that's one of the nice things about putting it on a stand. Yeah, there's no guessing and being like, oh, am Mm -hmm. I in the center of it? I don't know, hopefully. (laughs) Waiting for the, I always wait for the little vibration to confirm that it's charging. But that's one of the nice things too about the stand, Mm -hmm. is that you don't have to worry about it sliding off. Yeah, you just place it Because it's sitting in the upright position. And the yep. only way it can go. So yes, it, yeah. my opinion on wireless chargers, the circles need to go and the rectangular stands need to come. For sure. Or just get MagSafe and you'll hit the wireless we'll get, charging coils perfect every time. Exactly. And I'm, I'm thinking MagSafe is going to be a real nice feature in the future. Portless iPhone or not. Especially since it works with other phones. Oh yeah, for sure. I think that's it though on iPhone 12. You like you like it though, right? Is just it a have good the upgrade? Two questions. <laughs> <laughs> we had yeah. a whole big conversation about it. <laughs> yeah, you like I, it? You're I, happy with your upgrade? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely like it. I don't see any flaws in it. Nice. There are a couple settings that I changed right off the bat, as I talked about in my video. Yeah. Yeah, go watch the video because there's going to be a lot more detail in there. This was just um, a little preview. Anything else tonight? Is that it? I think that's it. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and click the thumbs up button if you're watching on YouTube. And for more on the topics discussed today, including uh, videos and links and stuff like that, Uh, Check out our website, appleguideweb.com, and stay up to date with the latest posts on our Twitter, 
Facebook, and Instagram pages at AppleGuideWeb. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week.